All right. Hello, Dallin. Hi, Kara. And everybody out there, welcome back to the Sfoga podcast with Kara and... Dallin. Yep, it's me, <laughs> Dallin. Uh, do you have like a prelude thing or should we just like jump in and and um and introduce our topic? Well, I just want to say that I hope that you all enjoyed the last two episodes about mental health. And I also want to say we would love your feedback. So if you go to the Svoga website and underneath the link for the podcast, you'll see another little link that will let you go to a pretty easy Google uh, what would you call that? A Google survey? A, a Google form, yeah. And it, you there's just, a Google form. Yeah, and there's a way that you can let us know um, some feedback. Uh, we had one piece of feedback from a student who does not like the name Sfoga Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she does not. And she has a very good point. It is a little bit, um, <clears throat> a little bit maybe too specific if we were wanting to reach a broader audience. Right. It doesn't really tell people who are outside of our organization what it's about. In fact, it doesn't even tell people inside of our organization <laughs> what it's about. Because Svoga could be anything, right? Yeah. Lots of things happen at Svoga. I would say that I, in my mind, see this podcast as being more intended for parents and families. Um, but I also think it's that we're just super fun to listen to. And even if you are a student or just a human without any parenting or studenting, I think you could still enjoy our podcast. Do you know what? I I would even, I don't think that it is just for parents. Like, I think that we're going to do it, yeah, for parents, but also with some consideration towards our students yeah. who it could very well benefit still. So um, I'm just, I'm going to say it's for everybody who wants to listen, parents and students and anyone else out there. And that's a really good segue, I feel like, for today's topic, because I think today's topic could be intended towards parents, families, and students. Oh, absolutely. And this actually, all of the, all of the things as we were writing notes for this one, everything that I was putting... Some of it are are things that I frequently want to yell at students. Yes. <laughs> as you're going to see. Yes. In the most loving and um, non-violent yes. way possible. Yes. <laughs> but other things definitely are things that I want to grab and shake myself and make myself do better. Definitely. And so, yes, this one's widely applicable to um, to everyone that has things to do. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about strategies for success and it's episode five strategies for success. And this can be success for you, success for your child, success. Um, well, I would say a broad definition for that. Yeah. It's just getting done the things that you need to do done, get done. Um, and specifically getting those things done in the time that you have to do them. One thing that's very low, Kara, these past weeks since Thanksgiving, one thing that I would say is even diminishing in these past weeks since Thanksgiving is motivation. Yeah. The kids just don't seem to have the same level of energy that they entered the school year with. Yeah. For understandable reasons. Do you have any comments on motivation? 
Oh, yeah. I think that it's – I think everything comes together this time of year to add to just that lack of motivation. I think that the it's getting darker and darker, and so just as a human creature that – I think it gives you this instinct where you'd kind of rather hibernate than – December's always been stressful, I've noticed as an educator anyway, because you're kind of – trying to get everything wrapped up by Chris or winter break. Um, and so it's, it's sort of that, uh, feeling it's like a, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, and then with COVID it's like, uh, like in August. Okay. Maybe you can come back. Wait, don't come back. All right. So no one comes back except us. Then October. Okay. You can come back, but just in these weird little groups, but then some of you are going to stay online and then we'll just figure it out. It happens again. Okay, never mind. Don't come back. Go back. Go go home. Go home. Like, it's way too many peaks and valleys for such a short span. And I think all of that is double exhausting people. Yeah. And I agree with you that this time of year, I feel like, like last year, I remember the same feeling that we came back from Thanksgiving and it wasn't, we didn't shut down yet. Coronavirus was, was in the future, but everyone was still kind of like, why are we still in school for like the three weeks before Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then when you add coronavirus on top of all that, Mm -hmm. um, it, it does make for some hard times, but Here's my here's my contention with motivation and why I don't think that it needs to be as important as it often is for people. And the reason is just that I feel like motivation is a thing that sometimes you will have and sometimes you will not have. Yep. But sometimes you don't need to be motivated in order to do something. There's a lot of things you just do anyway. Yep. And when you talk about it like that, Dallin, then to the therapist side of me, you're describing an emotion because that's what I'm constantly helping students understand. Emotions come and go. Maybe something made you really nervous, but that is a feeling and it can come and it can go. And, you know, but motivation too, if it's an emotion and it's, that's how it's standing that we're thinking it must be, then yeah, emotions don't last forever. They can come and they can go. And sometimes you still have a task in front of you, even if you're not feeling the emotion of motivation. Well, and so this is where, though, I think that there are some tricks you can do, not necessarily to maintain the feeling of motivation that's always going to come and go, but just to kind of engineer your life in such a way that you do things whether or not you're feeling particularly motivated. And my secret to motivation and the one that I recommend to students and the one I've even discussed with friends and colleagues, it comes down to one word, and that word is routines. Yeah. Routines. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a big believer that if you get into the habit of doing things in a certain way, whether it's going to work at the same time, same place, Mm -hmm. or going to the gym, or going for a walk, or going for a run, the more that you can automate those things, the more that you can make them be just things that you do because it's that time, rather than something that you do because you actually feel like doing it, um, then the more you'll actually just do it, and the less it will actually depend on your wanting to do it. And because um, 
motivation is like the emotion where it can come and it can go. Maybe you do the thing because it's in your routine and there's a good chance that while you're doing it, some of the motivation will come back. Some of your feeling might change. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that the the importance of routine is I was just watching a video with my freshmen and they were talking about how they've actually done research about that your brain will um, basically learn routines and start to respond almost like how your dog will do it. Like my dog will... If I put my running shoes on, he goes in his kennel, not because I've trained him, but because he knows I don't take him out to go running because he's the world's worst running partner. <laughs> um, so, but he knows like if he's like, if mom does this, so maybe she'll take me for a walk. But if she puts on her tennis, those tennis shoes, I'm going to go in my kennel because it means she's going to go run and she won't take me. But it turns out we're very similar. Like if you have a routine, then your own brain and body will react like, oh, this is that time that I do that thing. Like we kind of get, I don't know, sort of Pavlovish, Pavlovian, Pavlovian. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. My favorite example of kind of a Pavlovian response is that, so during the normal times, which this is not, but during normal times, what I like to do in order to make sure that I go to the gym right after school is I put my gym bag with my gym clothes and my gym shoes yep. in the car, sitting in the passenger seat so that when I leave school, there it is. And it's always fascinating because every time I bring my gym bag out to the car with me in the morning, my thought is always, I don't want to go to the yep. gym. I never want to go to the gym in the morning. And yet I put it in the car. Yep. But then do you know what? Ha this magical transformation takes place over the course of the school day. Yep. That when I leave school, I think, oh, yes, it's gym time. I'm pumped. Now I've had a day to build up my energy. So now I'm ready to go to the gym and the fact that the clothes are there and I have everything that I need means that I can do it when I'm ready. Yeah. I like that too. I think that that makes sense. And I think that another thing for our students that we are really letting them know and a lot of parents know is that we might be online, but treat your online school like it's normal school, that there's a certain time of day you do this class and a certain time of day you do that class. And 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 then get in, like you're saying, get in that routine. So it's like something in you is like, oh, 10 a.m., it must be time for English. Oh, 1 p.m., must be time for personal finance. You know what I mean? Like, it it becomes... Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, like you would go to class. So you almost like fake it kind of like that. Exactly. And I'm going to advocate here strongly for something that I don't like, but I know it's good for me and that I think would help so many people that don't need to use this thing and love not using it. And the thing is this, an alarm clock mm -hmm. in the morning. Yeah. I'm, do you know what? I don't think I can oversell the importance of waking up in the morning at a certain time. Yeah. I think that it just makes the whole day go so much better if you're intentional about the time you wake up. And I agree. Equally important it means that you'll get tired at the right time at night yep. so that you can sleep through the night so you can get up at the right time. Like, I really think that everything follows from getting up at an appropriate early time. So here's a question, Dallin. Do you do it on Saturday and Sunday? I do not. No. 
like I said, I do. I relish the days when I don't need to do an, to have an alarm clock. Um, but because I do set an alarm five days a week during the work week, I usually do like, so my alarm now, because I've been working from home, it used to go off at 640, yeah. but now it goes off at seven because I'm working from home and I don't have to commute. So right. I, I get an extra 20 minutes of sleep. Yay. <laughs> but, um, I usually do still wake up at like around this, that time though, on Saturday and Sunday, because that's kind of the time that, um, I'm used to waking Exactly. Up. You become acclimated. I like, I was looking too at, on the list. I really like this one. You wrote this down. I think it's so smart. The intentionality, do one thing at a time and don't let things bleed into other things. But I'm going to let you explain. But I, I, oh, and then don't let me forget, I have a story for this, but, um, but yes, I love this one. Yeah. I think especially just during these times, the fact that I'm working from home, um, and the fact that, uh, I am, both for all intents and purposes, always at school and always not at school. It makes it so that things just will bleed into other things. And I think that that is something that is really just not good for our mental well-being. Mm -hmm. I think that when that happens, it becomes important for us to really try and compartmentalize things and make it so that things happen at the times they should happen. And of course, a, a good example it, that we all do is checking our email late at night. You know, nine o'clock rolls around and I see my principal's name pop up on my on my phone because my mail is on my phone yep. and that's kind of a whole other thing. Yeah. But I see my <laughs> principal's name and, and so my my kind of immediate response is usually to open up that email. Yep. What does the principal want to say to me now at nine o'clock? Right. And it's an easy thing to do, but that can so quickly, depending, of course, on the content of the email, kind of derail this time that was not for school. Yeah. It wasn't for school at all, but now it is school. Um, or we've all been, I shouldn't say, maybe this, maybe this says more about me. Some of us have been in situations where someone is texting on a date. <laughs> you know, we all we recognize that that's not good behavior, right? Yeah. T texting and you should you should be in the moment on your dates or the thing that we see a lot with our students is that they'll be working on FLVS, but then they'll have another window yeah. with a game yeah. or YouTube yep. or Facebook up. Well, so they got they they're looking at FLVS on one side and then they've got Facebook on the other side. And it's just things like that that I feel like just make me so scattered and unfocused and that leads me at least to feel a sense of anxiety at the end of the day that is just so largely preventable. Cuz you're not being very present. That and they're not. That, yeah, a person is not being very not being present when they're doing that. And there's a lot to be gained from being present. Yeah, and again, that comes down to, on some level, that can come down to just focusing on one thing at once. Yeah. Doing one thing at a time and letting the other things not enter into that. When I worked at the mental hospital um, a couple years ago as a therapist, it was this insane environment that was insanely stressful and insanely busy because we were very understaffed. And it was just, there were so many things to do. And it, it was easy to think about everything that you had to do and, and just get 
overwhelmed and want to cry. And I was having one of those days and one of the psychiatric nurses said, put one thing in front of you and do that thing. Then put another thing in front of you and do that thing. She's like, that's the only way you're going to be able to handle this. And then she said, and then when the day is done, you're done. Like, and if you didn't get it all done, you could honestly tell yourself, well, I took the time that I had and I did the things that I had to do in the time that I had. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And another thing that I would say with that is that sometimes you just have to do things like even if you're not feeling it and even if you know that you're not in the right space to do something perfectly I think just so much of the time in life that what's the old saying that like 90% of the job is showing up yeah something along those lines but I think that that's true that a lot of the times if you show up make an effort do the thing that you're supposed to do whether it's cleaning your house, whether it's planning lessons, whether it's exercising or making phone calls, just whatever it is you have to do, sometimes a B minus effort is what it takes. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I've been talking to parents and students lately about, um, you know, different elements of of good mental health and one thing I keep mentioning is exercise and this that one to me definitely falls in this category where you don't have to start CrossFit to get the benefits that I'm talking about for your body and your mind a walk is perfectly acceptable a walk even if it falls under the category of okay will get will reap so many benefits versus just not doing the thing because you can't go do crossfit or you don't run a marathon or you know what i mean well exactly and i think this is what it comes down to is that so often in life we want to do things well but there's some things where doing anything at all is infinitely better than not doing anything at all right like going for a walk like yeah going for a walk is not crossfit but do you know what it's way better than sitting in the front not of the walking and just yep. sitting on the couch? Yep, exactly. And like Anthony Robbins said, this is one of his, uh, the motivational guy. He always talks about building momentum. So he says, you know, you take a step. It may not be the perfect step. Heck, it might be a mistake, but you take the step because that you will build momentum. And when you build momentum, um, you know, that's that's kind of a trick for because I because I did just run a marathon last January. And one of those tricks is on the days that you really don't want to run, just start maybe and tell yourself, maybe I do 10 minutes and then I, I am so happy. But what generally happens is you build the momentum and here we go. Now we're off. Yesterday, I was helping a kiddo who was frustrated with one of the classes at Florida Virtual and he just hadn't worked in it for like 16 days. And it's an easy class. It's like not, it's, it's a, it's a PE class, like physical education. And so it's like, what's going on? Why are you not getting in this? And so we just sat down together, well, virtually and just got into it and did one thing. And then once we did one thing, he was like, oh, well, this is no problem. And did like five more things. Like it was just a little bit of momentum that, that it'll, it'll push you. Exactly. And there's a, there's a 
corollary to that that I see all the time, especially toward the end of the semester where we're at now, where I'll go up to these students that virtually. Yeah. I'll go up to these students that have a relatively low grade, but that have been showing up to class, and I'll be like, why do you have such a low grade? Yeah. You always come to class. Why aren't you turning these things in? Yeah. And can do you have these things in your folder? Can we look at them? Can yep. we maybe give you some partial points? And what they'll have is they'll have 10 worksheets, and the worksheets are half completed, yep. every single one of yeah. them. And it's one of those things where, do you know what? With between the things that you have done and the things that you have done half of, if you put that together, you would have a passing grade. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the fact that you didn't want to turn them in because they weren't done and they weren't perfect means you don't get any points at all for those. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the other thing it makes me think of yeah, is that, that I would... a lot. Yes, it does. I know that's true. Especially freshmen was always, that was their main trick is, I did that. Well, where is it? My bag and their bag is just a mess. Yeah. Um, the uh, the book, uh, The Four Agreements by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, um, I really like that book. And I used to have four agreements like hanging in my therapy office. And one of the agreements is always do your best, but your best changes depending on the moment. So if you're sick, if you're tired, if you're somebody just broke up with you, you just got a, had a fight with somebody, your best probably will be different in that moment. But if you can look at the moment and say, I did my best in that moment, that that's the, that's what you got. That's what you can do. That's the goal. Yeah, exactly. And then there's that other quote that a lot of educators like that I wish I could attribute it to whoever said it because they deserve they deserve it. But I don't remember. But it, I, uh, I don't want to guess. But <laughs> but it's <laughs> do your best. And when you know better, do better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But don't 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 feel bad for the times when you didn't do as well as you could do now. Right. Just do your best in the moment. That's all you can do. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, okay, Dallin, I'm ex so very excited to talk about the next like bullet point. If you're ready to go, I'm excited because it's this one is oh, about ex man. <laughs> excuses. I love this one. I mean, I don't love excuses, but I love the topic. Okay, no, I do. I, okay, this is one of just the main things that I want to just yell at students and parents and myself sometimes yeah. like I would say this is the, the most kind of frustrating behavioral sort of issue in my life yep. and the thing that I just really want to get across to everyone so if this sounds like a soapbox that's exactly what it is <laughs> and I'm sorry and I won't do it too much no that's but, true um but, um, yeah, keep listening to our podcast, even if you don't like this part. But, okay, here's my thing about excuses. <laughs> Here goes. This is what it comes down to. Everyone has excuses. And do you know what? I'm not going to say there's no such thing as a good excuse. There are super good excuses. Yep. And it's not up to me to say, like, if you're sick in the hospital and you don't make your progress in school, that's uh, that's a very good excuse. That's yeah. allowed. If someone died, if um, 
something traumatic happens, or heck, even if you're going through a breakup and you just can't muster up the energy, I'm not going to tell you what's a good excuse and what's a bad excuse. Yep. And this is what I really want students to understand. Excuses won't help your grades. Nope. And they won't help your progress. No. Because we get Kara... It seems like every day, all the time, and we even know some students that are very good excuse makers. Oh, yeah. Right? They're very good excuse makers. It's like, oh, yeah, three weeks ago I was on vacation, and then yep. I got sick, yep. and then I had to help my sister yep. move, and then blah, blah, Like, there's a whole list of excuses as to why they didn't make progress for the last couple of months. And again, I'm not saying if those are good or bad excuses, but they don't make anyone closer to graduating. And you just hit the nail on the head. The thing of it is, when we, when Dallin and I with a student are more likely to say something as an excuse and use that word versus reason, is when you do have those students who always seem to have a reason that they didn't do their work. If that person always has a reason, it sure starts feeling a lot like excuses. The thing is that there are things that need to be done. Yep. And if they're not getting done, it doesn't matter if you were in the hospital because you lost both of your arms and both of your legs. <laughs> like, the things that you need to do in order to graduate have not gotten done. An interesting thing, too, is that I feel like I feel like people believe their own excuses to varying levels. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. Like... We have we have some kids that will that will half-heartedly throw out an excuse, but they know they didn't do their work. Yeah. <laughs> but we have also some other kids that will be genuinely very invested in their excuse. Oh, and yeah. it's still an excuse and they still could have done work and they yeah. didn't do work. <laughs> but but they just put so much emotion and so much effort and so much yeah, they just put so much into their excuses, and that's always a little bit interesting. I don't have a moral for this little segue. I do. It's in the just words, interesting to me. Well, in the words of Yoda, do or do not do, there is no try. So it starts to feel like make your excuse, but at the end of the day, either do it or don't do it. Like, what do you want to do here? What What's the decision you want to make here? Yeah, no, you said it beautifully just there. Yoda that's said really it. This, that's... <laughs> Yoda and Kara <laughs> are similar in a lot of ways, but no, you expressed it wisdom-wise, not like stature-wise right. or, um, you know, pigment pigmentation-wise Green. or ear-wise. <laughs> no. Yeah, none, none of that. You don't have that in common. You have much more hair, yeah. all the rest. But, you, but no, you really hit it on the head where like, listen, you can do it or you cannot do it. And that's always going to be what it comes down to. Like right. having reasons why you didn't do it just it that doesn't add up to progress or grades or anything that you need right and with that we're not saying you don't have a feeling i'm happy to listen to the feelings that you have and we're not saying everything is easy i know sometimes thing aren't things aren't easy but ultimately either you are going to do it or you're not going to do it and that's kind of that's it but what i guess i'm more worried about is that excuses being valid as a substitute for the expectation 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, well, this person... And actually, that's kind of happening. That discussion is actually happening right now a little bit in terms of... Well, kids these days with COVID have been through a lot. So maybe even if they didn't do the work, we still give them a grade and pass them for the class. I don't know, Dallin. It's true. It's tricky. No, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. And like, there are times when we excuse assignments for students that have valid reasons for being gone. Absolutely. And yeah, next door, we're having tons of conversations about the concept of maybe instead of giving zeros for missing work, we should give 50%, right? a grade of 50% for missing work so that the kids who didn't do the work are still have a failing grade, but also they're closer to passing if they do decide to turn in some work. Oh, wow. And yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a definite. And it's it's always been kind of in the background of education as just kind of an idea. Mm-hmm. And it's one that I'm not entirely opposed to, except just what you said, that I don't want it to just be compensating for the students that aren't doing the work to still give them a decent grade. Right. Well, yeah, because ultimately, I would say the goal would be understanding of the information. So. I need to be able to know that the students understand the information. Now, if one argument I would make and love to make is I think education would be awesome if it didn't have grades and didn't have tests. Um, But that's very idealistic. That reflects how much I love certain educators uh, like Alfie Cohn or Maria Montessori. When When I think about like education, I would be very idealistic and pie in the sky. That would be my dream, my dream school that I would build that kind of exists in Finland. Um, (laughs) But it's like at this. So for these students that you're describing, it's not that I think that, oh, you didn't do your work, so you should just fail and never graduate from high school. But I still want to know. We've decided as a society that you need to know certain information. So I'd like to see if we can figure out how you can show that you know that information. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I think that oftentimes, like, there is a sense in which the grades that we give are arbitrary. And our 100-point scale is arbitrary. Yeah. And, um the way that grades are determined varies vastly across different teachers, even of the same subject. Like I, I, I get all that, but I just don't want to see systems come up as a substitute for like responsibility. Right. Yeah. Like there's, there's a place to have these conversations about what is most equitable for most students. Right. But the place is, Maybe that's not a conversation that's ideal to have when everyone's failing in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Like I don't, You could also make the case that that's the best time to have that conversation because that's when all of the issues that underlie that conversation are most acute. Right. I, I, I think there's some debate around that, but that's just kind of my thought as I see, as I see, um, some of our schools kind of scrambling to see what we can do to make it so that um, everyone doesn't fail. Yeah. I think, I know, I almost hesitate to say this, but I'm going to say it. Um, I, 
<laughs> I don't like that there's a pandemic and that people are hurt and sick and dying. I really don't like that. <laughs> um, and I also feel gratitude for the pandemic, not for the not for the misery, but I like the way that it's shot. It's shine. It's shown shined a light on education, marriages, families, parenting. I like the way that it's made everybody really have to look at their lives and their schooling and their marriages and their parenting. And I like that it's derailed the system. I I feel grateful, actually, that... And I know that sounds... I think it's, you know... I don't like the bad. I don't like the suffering, but I do like the. I like that people are are focusing on on some of these things that actually inevitably were kind of broken. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that it. I think it's okay to acknowledge that for some people in some circumstances there have been some silver linings to <laughs> um to some of these issues. <laughs> Not saying that we wouldn't choose to get rid of the clouds and the silver linings all together if it was an option. I know. But um yeah, no, I see I see where you're coming from. And I think the reason I mentioned it too is that I think that goes back to a strategy for success is that it's you I, I could become mired in living in a pandemic because it's not fun. Or I can it's not just like be positive like Pollyanna like ignore the bad, but you you can, it is helpful to have a mindset to look at well what's the purpose here or what's what what's the other side of this like there's a bunch of clouds but there maybe there is some silver lining like looking at the at the entirety the balance the not just the cuz i know that i i think it was me who wrote this the stop whining bullet point because that's just a not nice <laughs> thing to say and i just it sounds more like me and I, I even wrote a note to myself that I could say instead, like, see opportunities for growth. Um, but I feel like that's kind of where I'm coming from when I say, like, like a strategy for success, stop whining. I don't mean don't have emotions. Have emotions. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying I know sometimes you might feel sad and maybe you feel disappointed and maybe you are hurt. Um, and... <laughs> You know, you have to, you have to do something with that. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I would even say maybe, maybe where you're kind of going with this is too is um. Is maybe to kind of try and recognize our own roles in our problems. Yeah. Rather than just blaming the entirety of our problems on our situation and our circumstances and other people's Amen. mistake. Yep. May- Maybe if we kind of take an effort to step back from him and say, okay, I have this problem and it's not all my fault right. for sure, but yeah. are there some things that maybe I did? Yep. Yeah, because then it, it allows you to have some more control too, because you're like, well, maybe there are things I can do to avoid this, improve this. And I do actually, now <laughs> now that I bring this up, I do want to insert the caveat that I'm not, like, blaming the victims no. um, by any means, no. right? Like, bad things happen, and sometimes it's not your fault one bit, and there's nothing you could have done, and it just sucks. And um, I don't want to say that that doesn't happen. No. But I do think you need to ask yourself, though, like, okay, 
When I was at Frederick, we had this um, campus supervisor, and he was a retired Denver SWAT team cop. And his name was Mr. Ron, and I loved Mr. Ron. He was so fun to work with because he would tell you, like, horror stories of being a Denver cop back in the day, right? Like, there's just nothing not great (laughs) about this guy. Just, well, I don't know. He's a human, so I'm sure that things. But still, working with him was so fun. But he would tell the kids, and they hated this um, because he would say it. He'd say... Like, if a kid got in trouble because they were with another kid who did something bad, he'd always say, you play in the trash, you're going to get dirty. And it was, the kid would be like, you just called my friends trash, blah, like they were so mad. But I understood what he was saying. He was saying that, like, and he's right, like, what you surround yourself with, if you dunk yourself, I mean, there's a lot of sayings just like it. Like, there's one about pigs, I think. Like, if you eat with pigs i don't know but it's a similar sort of <laughs> mindset where it's like not not a victim blaming thing but it is it, it can be effective to look at not your part of how do i get this person to abuse me definitely not but you could look at well what does my own self-care look like um what kind of boundaries do i have what behaviors do i accept from other people in general like what what's I mean, this is so tricky because I don't want a victim blame, but I do want people to know that they can be empowered to make improvements in their life. That's what I would want. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, let's 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 back away from this precipice. <laughs> what are some other things we can do to um to improve our our lives? Well, so here's besides some besides stop whining. Right? No, poor poor people. So here's uh, some of the basics that I have been working in a new group that I made and that I talked about with parents in my last parent group, which is uh, under the acronym because everyone loves an acronym of SCORE, which is um, sleep outside. Wait, sleep, consumption, outside relationships, exercise. So um, the amount of sleep that you're getting and the quality of sleep that you're getting will affect how you're feeling. Um, Consumption of food, alcohol, substances, electronics, cell phones, social media, kind of trying to balance that consumption of things like that. Um, get outside. We live in the sunniest state in the United States. We beat Southern California. Go outside a little bit. That sun will make you feel good. Uh, relationships. If your relationships are in a bad place, it will definitely make you feel symptoms of anxiety and depression and exercise. And like we said, it doesn't have to be CrossFit. It could be just a nice walk. Get your body moving and I promise you'll feel better. Stacy ha- went one time or knew of a psychiatrist who, before assigning somebody under 18 with a psychiatric medication, he would say, basically, you have to do a certain amount of exercise and outside for a certain amount of time. And then he would say, if you still have this level of symptom, then I'll prescribe Zoloft or Prozac or whatever. But first, you need to get some exercise and some sunlight. And he would say this to kids. So I like, I think that's kind of neat that he would do that because I could see where that might keep some kids away from the psychiatric meds. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. All of those things that you said, exercise, eating right, all those things definitely can um, 
can contribute to your well-being. And if you're not doing them, then definitely do them. Um, here, I always, I can't help but play the devil's advocate and say that Yay. it might be a little bit of a chicken and an egg scenario yeah. sometimes, right? Yeah. Where if you're, if you are not doing those things, then you feel bad, or maybe you feel bad and then you're not doing those things. Right, right, right. And, um, and both, both of those, both of those things can happen. So the fact that you are experiencing depression or something, um, maybe means that you're not spending enough time with people and you're not eating right and you're not going outside and you're not getting right. exercise. Or it could also mean something else and the fact that you have this this clinical depression is the reason you're not doing those things. Right. And the problem too becomes even if you're it's like we've talked about this with me with having MS. Like it's not that I have truly kept my MS away because I stay active and watch what I eat. But what I do with that, though, is I help my body function in a better place so that if I am experiencing problems from MS, then I, I am not also going to fight it by not having a body that's in good shape. So it's similar. Like even if, right. yeah, you could have this clinical depression and it's going to benefit you, even if it's not going to, like, cure your depression. If you can try to do at least one of these things, it might just help the whole state of you so that you can maybe feel more motivation to begin to fight the depression or treat the depression, I should say. Even independent of the exercise and eating right, if you can just consider that, like, Hey, I changed my diet and I now I'm feeling better and I started an exercise program and now I I'm, I'm I'm feeling better. Like just having that level of control um I think that too can be really positive. I think a good wrap up for this is that so the overarching theme was was meant to be that we of strategies for success and I think what I'm hearing us come to is that w- we really do have have it in us to harness the things we need to harness in order to have success. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what you're saying is the success was in our listeners the whole time. Yes, Dorothy. You always had the power to go home. You always had the success within you. Yes. And you just got to let it out. Yes. And we know that circumstances can be hard. And we know that life can throw things at you. I know this. I know this. You know, if you're having any trouble with any of this, Kara is a great person to talk to. We see a lot of these things play out in front of us in our students. Yeah. Yep. To, like, and that's something that most people don't see. Like, most people yeah. don't interact with, you know, sixty plus kids every day, Lots and of teenagers. actually get to see these things pl- playing out. Yeah. <laughs> and it is probably one of the issues where um, it's easier to recognize in someone else than it is to recognize in yourself. Definitely. Right. So like we see we see these kids with their problems, and we're like, oh, come on, <laughs> just set an alarm in the morning. <laughs> You know, like 
we we see these problems and it's easy to, to look at someone else's life and be like problem solution why do you have this problem anymore yeah but um <laughs> that it does take a little bit more introspection to correct it for you amen to that but i still like that we tried <laughs> I like that we, we tried we to try and I like that we gave just a lot of different ideas that, yeah, if you just tried one thing that it maybe it's one thing that would help you feel more successful. Yeah. One thing at a time. Baby steps. y'all. Baby steps. I don't know what our next episode is, but I have a couple ideas, but I'm open, of course, to whatever sounds fun. Yeah, and if you have a suggestion, go to the website of St. Vrain Online Global Academy, Yay. and you'll find in the on the right-hand sidebar, you'll find the Svoga podcast and a little feedback form. And if you have suggestions as to things that we might talk about in our next episode, um, let us know. We, um, we value all of your feedback. We do. That's true. All right, Dallin. All right. As always, it's been real, y'all. It's been real, y'all. Peace out. Peace out.